get get the show going and stop talking about uh, coffee that has been um, removed from the uh, end trails of an animal. So uh, (laughs) good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome uh, to the AM show hosted live on Alpha Mint. It is Monday morning. uh, So, you know, hopefully uh, we can get your week started off with with some some good stuff. As always, it is uh, Clout Cobain here, host of the AM show, along with my co-host, the uh, winter wolf himself, Mr. Free Market Capitalist. Lowercase g, lowercase m. Yes, it has been decided by the AM Moon Loungers that uh, it is lowercase gm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, gm to you guys. I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. I did. It was my last weekend at work. Very exciting stuff there. And, um, you know, I think that there was some some good signs in the crypto and NFT space over the weekend. Uh, and on that note, let's uh, let's just lead off with a quick uh, state of the market in terms of crypto. Uh, I'm sure most of you noticed when you woke up today that um, Ethereum ran up to a new all time high just below forty eight hundred. Uh Amazing stuff for Ethereum. And uh, the most remarkable thing is that there wasn't even really a major pullback. Uh, you know, we, we're sitting at uh, around 4750 right now. Um, and, and normally when we have those run ups, there, there is an immediate pullback and then it kind of trades sideways or, or dumps a little bit. So um, definitely some shades of 2017 Bitcoin doing the same thing. It is extremely close. Just refreshing my page, almost 66,000. And again, it does kind of feel like we're just kind of at the very onset of that giant run up that we had in, you know, 2017, 2018. There's a supply crisis brewing in both Bitcoin and Ethereum, and it's been going on for a while as institutions demand Bitcoin and Ethereum goes deflationary because uh, of 1559. So I think that this it feels much more when we say up only it just feels like it's doing that because there's not enough of it to go around that doesn't feel like it's some sort of pump uh or it's getting ahead of itself it feels like it digested the froth from the last year and now it's just really poised to make uh, new all-time highs market cap wise yeah anyone involved in crypto in 2017 will remember that bitcoin run up um and i believe there was one in 2013 that was more um you know, before my time, but it was just this incredible um, pump where it, it just started going from 3,000 to 4,000 to 5,000 to 6,000. And then it hit 10,000. Everyone's like, okay, this must be the top. And then it just kept going. It was like every day it was just going up 10%, 5%, 8%. And then, uh, yeah, it kind of topped around uh, 20,000. And then Ethereum kind of went through the same cycle right after where it just kept going and going and going. And it just, you know, it, it does kind of have shades of that. So very exciting time. Uh, to be involved in crypto in any capacity. Yeah, it looks like it could go parabolic at any moment. Uh, we'll see what that means for the NFT market in the short term. But crypto looks froggy. So, yeah, speaking of uh, crypto or sorry, NFTs in the short term, uh, again, we had a little bit of a run up last week towards the end of the week. That does seem to have kind of chilled out, at least when you're looking in terms of floors. Uh, the great news is that the gas has kind of settled down. So some of the volume seems to be picking back up, especially in lower cap projects. Um, but, you know, looking at the one day change, it's pretty, pretty thin um, green right now. You know, uh, only one project above 20 percent up. And then, you know, you have some other ones. Ether Orcs kind of had a nice little 10 percent run. 
Uh, cool cat sitting at about six uh, percent. Nothing, nothing substantial. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of red on that one day, and then the seven day again, lots of red again. We kind of uh, saw it trending towards the green, and and now it's kind of switched back to red. Uh, and some of the projects that I, I know uh, Alpha Mint has been involved in have kind of taken a beating, to be honest. Yeah, Mutant Cats is down almost 40%. Ether Orcs down 30%. Kaiju down 30%. Uh, and, I, you know, that's it's it's obviously floors right now aren't reflecting the stabilization that's kind of happened. There's been some accumulation under the surface, but it's certainly not reflected in floor price yet of existing projects i think the most heartening sign is in mints uh quite a few mints have now been selling out and staying way above mint price afterwards yeah so if we're looking for good signs that's your best one huge sign and that's exactly what i was just going to say about you know looking for indicators that the nft market is kind of coming back to life floors aren't always a great example of that sometimes the entire market will rip but yeah uh minting is coming back whether that's a product of gas whether it's uh liquidity coming back from the DeFi markets and and trying to park itself into some nfts not too sure yet, but uh, a great sign overall. One of the projects that did really well this weekend was the Cosmic Ducks, which you alluded to kind of in the pre-show. Yeah, uh, Rajesh, shout out, was really on this project early, loved the art and was pushing it hard in Alphamint. It seemed like a, a botched launch right away. The The devs didn't do their, you know, it wasn't properly done. I didn't know the exact specifics because I wasn't involved, but I believe they minted Genesis and V2 at the same time. There was some weirdness that had every alpha channel I was in fudding the launch. Like I went to Kaijus, I went to Orcs, I was in Alpha Mint, and everyone was like, man, this launch failed. Oh, the art is good, but what are we doing here? And it found its footing. You know, I say this, cool art can often overtake a failed launch. And they the... Cosmic Ducks V2, I believe, at one point got up to 0.4 from a 0.05 mint. Yeah, the Genesis drop. Yeah, a thousand of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the Genesis uh, got up to 1.5, I think, uh, of which it's 1,000 versus 8,000 as far as the Genesis versus V2 supply. So that was a really successful mint. Uh, and there were a few other ones. Yeah, it's it it is great to see that. And by the way, shout out to Rajesh, who uh, is a pretty new member of the AM Moon Lounge, coming in hot with that alpha. Always, uh, always love to see that. But um, yeah, looking looking at the uh, the cosmic ducks, definitely seeing some sales around four, five e. 3.3 ETH and then kind of scales down through there. But, um, and that, that of course is the Genesis aspect of it. But, uh, again, a 10K drop that sold out, held above floor after reveal. Definitely a, a great sign for the NFT market in general. Another one that I'm looking for right now to be a good indicator of it, aside from Clonex, which we I'm sure we'll talk about, um, is the Art Blocks curated drop that's happening today. Uh, Factory typically ends up uh, being a bit of a dumpster fire lately, um, but cura- curated is one that always seems to succeed, and, and people have a great opportunity to flip so what's your take on that you think that it's going to be something that uh, mints out pretty easily or 
Um, I think that it will. I believe that that the FUD on Gen Art hit a fever pitch yesterday when Shubang declared the entire sector dead. It's never coming back. Uh, there's no innovation within the sector. That's a pretty good indicator that people are, you know, they they're pretty fed up with it at this point. It's closer to a bottom than not, and there hasn't been a curated drop in a while. Uh, gas is low, which you wouldn't think mattered for art blocks, but you know, it, it all contributes and it all helps. And all the whales are back from NFT NYC. So I also think that's going to be a boon too. Uh, I do think it's going to sell out. Does that mean gen art is back? No, I don't think, uh, there are many indications that gen art is bottoming. The only thing I could say is that I, I know whales are accumulating slowly. Uh, in the background, but that doesn't mean it's gonna, you know, rebound anytime soon. Right, and uh, if if we know Shubang, uh, I, I've never <laughs> known him to make a take that wasn't like flaming hot. <laughs> uh, so you know he, yeah, you know he he's uh, he's great at calling these things. But yeah, again, there hasn't been a curated drop for a while, but the factory drops have been pretty terrible. If this thing goes crazy and uh, and and has some big sales, and it, obviously it's a Dutch auction, we'll see where that mints out at. But uh, again, could be pretty bullish for the market. Um, and <laughs> I, I guess again, the, an indicator that we often talk about on this show is the Clone X one. So you have a little bit of a uh, little bit of gossip for us on that. Well, the the date for Clone X has been uh, Jello. Uh, they, they it was originally was supposed to be mid October and they've been pushing it back since then. Um, they you know they want to get everything right is the party line and the reason they're giving to everyone. But it's been a little frustrating if you're sitting on these 15 e uh, mint passes <laughs> that has all that ETH locked up and you're like, damn, you know, let, let me get that. But apparently now we know it's coming before. November 18th. I have direct information about this. So looks like within the next 11 days, we're going to be getting probably the best indicator of where NFTs are going to go for the medium, the short to medium term. So it is, yeah, it's, it's been confirmed internally or this is just, <laughs> I mean, obviously nothing in this world is set in stone. And uh, as we've seen time and time again, people are it's more the than first number. It's the first number they've ever given it before okay. November 18th. Everything has been uh, end of or middle of until then. So I think they're ready. I think they're just, you know, so crossing their T's. Definitely yeah. trying to get as much Ethereum into their coffers before they uh, <laughs> run up to 40K. If, uh, if True that's, that. <laughs> if that's what I'm understanding. Uh, no, very exciting to uh, to, to watch for that. And um uh, yeah, I, I again, I think it's going to be a success regardless. But what kind of success it is is going to definitely dictate, uh, you know, the market to come. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And it looks like we have less than ten days to go. Uh, I'm going to throw the the ball in your court with this one, but um, there's a little bit of a story that you have behind uh, an airdropped uh, NFT back in the BitClout days that uh, a pretty controversial member of BitClout stole and used as a profile picture. Uh, it's been <laughs> sitting in your wallet for a long time in, in what you consider to be your, your junk wallet. And uh, right. it randomly sold last night. Yeah, I, I, I really don't care if people right-click save. Uh, 
but if you knew the dynamics of Big Clout and how weird the relationships were because you bought and sold people, uh, their coins, uh, this guy got on a lot of people's nerves. Uh, this person <laughs> who we are talking about, Sebastian Seb, uh, he right-click saved an NFT. My, my shtick on BitClout for the most of it was that I would post NFTs and, you know, that was it. I was just showing people what NFTs were and could be, and I'd comment on them. And he right-click saved an NFT up there that I kind of liked. Yeah, but it's pretty it, cool. It, I've got it up on yeah. my screen right now. I am video recording this and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll make it up on the YouTube. But it does. It, it my, my first impression was that it's an X copy, um, not to rub salt in that wound. But yeah, the first comment that the legend ghost, if you know him, uh, he's an artist who's in Alpha Mint. The first thing he ever said to me is, that's nice, but it kind of looks too much like X copy. I said, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of true, but whatever. So. I, I put when this guy right click saved it and he had kind of got under all our skins. I was disgusted. I put it up for one E and I didn't want to look at it again. <laughs> disgusted. So, <laughs> disgusted. So this morning I wake up and the first thing in my mailbox is your item has sold. And the name was anytime. I didn't even know what it was. I this isn't a junk wallet that I never look at that has a few things in it. And uh, somebody bought it. And I know most people get happy when something like that happens. All of a sudden, I get a feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, shit, what did I do? I mean, I had forgotten I had this thing up for sale. And one E in this bear market is not a small purchase. So I'm like, oh, my God, is the floor on this guy's work 10 E? What did I do? You know, what's going on? Uh, I went to go check out the collection. It's had a total of 8.8 Ethereum in sales. Uh, I don't, you know, this guy doesn't sell a lot. I was, but he does sell to am. Vincent Van Doe. <laughs> really, yeah. Vincent Van? Yeah, are you joking? No, no, I'm not. Um, two months oh, ago, Vincent fuck. Van Doe picked up a couple for very, very cheap. Not the ones that you have. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I hate to break that news to you right now, but uh, not nothing. This is good. This is not going to work out for old Uncle Free. I promise. Uh, I, I we could be celebratory this morning. I have to give my son a coin for saying the word, uh, the F word. Oh. <laughs> uh, as you told me, Vincent Van Gogh bought his work. So I'm being chased around the room now, being asked for a quarter. I'll and get that yeah, man so a that quarter. Was, get that man a quarter. So that was pretty much it, was uh, that it sold this morning. And we're going to see how it works out for me in the long term. But a fun part about this, this was airdropped to me for free after buying another piece of his. So we know a lot of crypto is built on airdrops. People want them, people expect them. You support companies early because maybe one day they're coming. And the original piece, I don't even know if I have it up for sale, but no one's made me an offer on that. And the airdrop he sent me sold for 1E this morning. Uh, so that was pretty great. ENS, if you know what ENS names are, if you've seen people with the .eth names in their profile, uh, that company allows you to put an address, a text address uh, as your wallet address for your Ethereum wallet. So people can easily send you NFTs or Ethereum without having to know your you know, 37-digit uh, wallet address. They're doing an airdrop today. Anybody who bought these names previously is going to receive a certain amount of tokens based on what you bought and how you use their service uh, today as well. So 
good day for airdrops. Yeah, if you have one of those, keep a keep an eye out for that. Um, I I did want to just circle back to the conversation about um you having that drop or sorry that uh um that X copy looking art uh, up for sale and you kind of just you threw it up there and forgot about it and God that was probably four months ago, five, six yeah. months ago. Um, it's yep. just been sitting there and it, it kind of, you know, made me think about this interesting topic about um, whether or not you should list any of your NFTs at all, unless that's like your, your hard and fast plan for it, because it's, it's one of those things that either you're listing to sell and you're putting it under the floor or around the floor, if it is a floor item, Um and you're, you're either trying to catch that run up or run down, or it's going to be sitting there probably indefinitely. And if it ever does sell, like you said, you're going to have that moment of like, oh, shit, why did this sell? And what am I about to miss out on? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think that's really uh, why there's only two times you should leave something for sale. All right. Or put something for sale. That's when you're selling into volume. Now, whether it's, you know, volume where, you know, you can place it a little above the floor, a little below the floor at the floor, you're essentially selling the floor into volume. And, you know, that sale is going to go through. It's essentially instant liquidity. The other time I put things for sale is if I put them 10 or 20 times above what I think are rare in that would go for. Now, why do I do this? You know, I own some art blocks pieces or some one of ones that they may sit there for sale for a month or four months or six months or a year. But when that one person who really wants it, wants it, they're going to pay you what you want. You know, even if they don't pay you what you listed, they make you a pretty nice offer. And you may get more than it's worth just because some wealthy person desires the thing you own. I wouldn't list for any other reason, because as Cobain just said, you're going to either get caught up in a sweep where you could have gotten a lot more money for your NFT or it's just going to sit there unsold and annoy you every day when you go look in your portfolio. Yeah, and that's the only thing is if you're going to leave something listed, you have to be very comfortable with the idea that this was your plan from the get-go and it being executed is is going to sit well with you and and you got to be able to be comfortable with watching that floor really kind of take a run up if that, you know, so happens because uh you know, if you have an enter and an exit point that you're going to be happy with and some kind of time frame for it, then sure, go ahead. Uh, it, definitely a little bit more beneficial for people that aren't watching the markets all of the time. But uh, if your time horizon is is longer and whatnot, I wouldn't leave these things being um, being listed personally. Uh, you know, it, you got to be comfortable with the wins, too. Like for you, this was an airdrop thing. It was one ETH. And like as of today, that's almost five thousand dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I it's mean, it's a little bittersweet. Right. <laughs> but but, yeah. uh, but no, it's it's a it's a perfect point. And, um, you know, I, I just don't think that it's a great uh, trading strategy. And, you know, as I look towards um, being more active in this space and, and being online more often, I'm definitely going to be delisting a bunch of the projects that I have listed right now for that simple reason. Uh, and if the floor ever runs up and then it's something that I do decide to sell, it will be into volume. If it's in your hidden folder and you don't need the Ethereum, do not list it. There's just, there's just no, you're hate listing it. And you know what? That's what I did with this NFT. I mean, you know, ha ha chuckle, but this is one reason why people love crypto. I mean, this was a piece of 
uh, apparently junk that I, you know, was sent to me for free and I woke up to five grand. So, yeah, well, crypto. Just remember that somebody put a small bet on a SHIB coin last August and woke <laughs> up to $5.6 billion. So, um, you know, it's not always the case. And then, the, you know, in the hidden folder, there's definitely going to be stuff that dies a, a slow or quick, painful death. But yeah. You never know. You never know what happens with some of these things as uh, more people move into space and start to look for those cheap moonshots, right? Yeah, just don't list anything like 30% above the floor. Uh, yeah, you know, if, if you're going to list it, like, list it like, like you said, you just like listed it for one ETH. Like this thing's never going to fucking sell. Yeah, and uh, right. lo and behold. Um, okay, quickly moving on. Uh, this is a topic that I think will probably be the last time we go in depth on until there's any kind of major changes in the projects. But Bear X, uh, the Bear X saga is finally coming to a bit of a close uh this was something that we've been a little bit critical of but the mint did happen everything kind of went off without a hitch seemingly and again if you're looking for encouraging things in the nft space it is holding above its floor and since uh since being dropped has traded over 1100 ethereum in volume so uh you know i guess good for them yeah, this is this is what I believe is low effort art that tried to copy the kaiju model uh, and did it successfully. And what, regardless of what I think about the project, it is very heartening to see uh, new mints holding above what they minted for. So, yeah, it's awesome. A couple of uh, small notes that. I think you and I have a little bit of mixed feelings about or, or maybe differentiating opinions, but maybe your love for Kaiju is is part of this. But, um, you know, Bear X did their mint. And then after their mint was done, they started listing their one of ones that they've done sneak peeks and, and whatnot for uh, as an auction on OpenSea. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you said one of them went for over 40 ETH. Yeah, I love Kaiju, but I don't love this tactic that a few projects have started doing. And Kaiju did pretty successfully. They brought in like 200 ETH. From Wait, was, the, oh, it was a Kaiju that went for 40 ETH? Yeah, it was a oh, Kaiju. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Barracks because I was looking no, at it right no, now. No. And I did see 8 and uh, 7.5, 5 yeah. ETH for the one of ones. But You want to know what's funny? It was a Kaiju who bought that bear x one that you posted like the the what i guess it was a one of one with those tattoos that didn't look right right <laughs> someone in kaiju room bought that i was like really yeah but so you know i think kaiju- personally that doing this is one shitty like you know you're you're making a lot of money off of a mass drop you know they they dropped uh almost 3,700 of these NFTs. And, you know, they, they made some nice change off of it. Um, but to kind of go for the gusto and list their one of ones and, and as an auction and seeing these people spend eight Ethereum on them. Uh, I think part of the fun about minting and throwing some money into this is the chance at getting a one of one. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this is a, a long time thing why loot boxes were so popular in games like Counter-Strike or uh, Rocket League and, and, and whatnot. It was that shot at something that was really rare. Pokemon cards did this originally, right? You know, there was always that chance of pulling that gold Charizard or, you know, whatever, whatever was in the, the, that group of packs. This, I, I mean, ugh, God, that, that would be like you know, taking a shot at finding one of these and then finding out after that that was never in the pack and that, uh, well, you know, you can still buy one for 20 grand or more. So 
that's how I felt. Uh, I felt that way with Kaiju when I first joined and went to their website. The first one I saw was the rainbow nuclear fallout Kaiju GIF. And I mean, I was like, all right, I'm in love with these. I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. And lo and behold, it sold for 42 Ethereum in an auction after the mint. They posted what they called the legendaries, the one of ones, uh, after the mint and auctioned them all off. They bought, they brought in almost as much from the one of ones as they did from the mint. And I, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have any really long term ramifications for the project, in my opinion. But I, you know, one reason the first thing to bounce back in this market are mints is because it's a lottery. People know I could go pay a very small amount of ETH and maybe walk away with something worth 20, 40, 50, or 100. Yeah, and, it's that shot at a moonshot, right? Yeah. You know, turn point zero eight into 50. Yeah, and when you find out the rares are not even attainable by the average person who is uh, minting, that's pretty disappointing. So I, I you know, that... I don't like that projects do this, and I would seriously reconsider it if you are a project uh, who's launching soon. Yeah, definitely feels a little dirty. Um, on that note, I'm ready to uh, to put the barracks conversation to bed. Uh, we looked at that on Friday very briefly, and since then, I've had over 60 Discord notifications from from that uh, from the the barracks Discord. So I am ready to mute that, and you know, well, keep, keep an eye on it from the sideline. If anybody had a big win on that, like kudos to you, or if you're holding it and you, you feel good good about the project again. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about this space is that there's no right or wrong answer. And uh, a lot of things that we haven't believed in in the past have done very, very well. Uh, <clears throat> bored apes. But um, <laughs> I heard somebody say they didn't like begons yesterday. I, I was I, what? Wait, what? I couldn't even get my head around this. I, I could. It must have been a, a mistypo or something. I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never heard that opinion before, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, I hope to never hear it again. <laughs> All right. Bam really hammer. quickly. Let's, let's get into our last topic of the day, uh, is the fish tank one that has, you know, garnered a lot of attention in the alpha mint moon lounge over the last couple of weeks as we, uh, got into the discord early, a lot of members on the white list and a lot of strange stuff going on, uh, with that team. Uh, the the general consensus is that, you know, they're young, they're inexperienced, they're trying to do things a little bit differently, as you can see with the art and the style of it, not a traditional profile picture. Uh, there's some gamification in it, um, but some of their marketing strategies uh, were a little bizarre, and I think overall it, it hurt the long-term uh, prospects of this project. So, you know, the, the founder of it, Goo, is that how you say it? Is a, a 19 year old marketing major, uh, currently in, in university. And, um, this is, I think going to be a pretty valuable lesson in marketing for him. Uh, right now on my screen, I'm looking at, uh, the, the tweet that he has pinned to the fish tank NFT Twitter. It says no marketing, but everyone seems to know us. That's how you know you have a good project. One, that is marketing in and of itself. I mean, I, I know he, he's not out there actively promoting it, but, you know, saying we're not doing marketing like you're you are now marketing. You have a Twitter, you're tweeting, uh, you're engaging with people. 
And then, you know, that's how you know you have a good project. I like that's something that just rubs me the wrong way, because I don't think that you get to say that. Like, that's for other people to decide. You know, it's uh, there's a little little bit of an ego ego stroke in that comment. You you learn that in marketing 102. Uh, he's only at 101 right now. So <laughs> you know, he'll get that next semester. That, there's a there's a few things that are that are wrong here. OK, and it started with his big push about like a week and a half ago to really get these blue chip projects on board, which I think on its face or originally was actually a very good idea. In private, you negotiate maybe some whitelist spots or some cool things. Like for Kaiju, they were indicating they were going to be Kaiju-themed things in the fish tank, which Kaiju people really love. Uh, This was a good idea, but he seemed to then start using it purposely for marketing putting the leaks out there, snipping very small snips from text conversations with Anonymous and with apes and punks and people he was talking to. And he basically put all his marketing around these blue chip projects. And a lot of them were not happy with how he marketed their partnerships because we know in this business, you know, if you state you're collabing with punks, that's a big deal. And how that collab is going to be presented and come out is a big deal. And this kid, you know, gave a lot of wink winks and took the marketing and ran with it. Right. And it pissed off a lot of the people that he was uh, negotiating with. Yeah. You know, your project should be your project first and not relying on collabs to to kind of carry the weight of the marketing or or the exposure. He had enough hype. Uh, you know, it was subtle hype. It wasn't like um, a Mecca hype train or a barracks or a Kaiju hype train. He had enough hype to to mint out this project. Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong. He closed off the discord uh, after the whitelist was full, kind of, you know, shutting. Is that right? Yeah, I thought yeah. it would, it's, everything looked like it was actually very smart up until a certain point. He closed off the Discord, and then anybody who could still see the general and stuff was on the whitelist. Seemed like he had more than enough, you know, like you said, to sell out his mint and all that. But then we got into the the great gas war of, you know, of this year, not war, but the idea that SHIB and all these other coins were pumping gas so high that you had five on-chain games all launching into this worst GUI period we had. And, you know, young kids who are influenced easy, especially by their fans, and this is everyone's mistake, you know. Steve Jobs famously hated focus groups, and it's because people don't know what they want. If people knew what they want, they'd build it. Okay, they love to tell people with billions of dollars what they want and how to build, but nobody really knows. So he starts listening to everybody in the general about, oh, this game's going to be expensive. You know, I don't even know if on chain could work. You may have to do L2. By the end of the week, he had pulled most of the parts of this game that matter off chain. And when you're talking to blue chip projects, their whole life is on-chain. Everything for them has to be on-chain. You don't take anything off-chain. So all you're lauding all these blue-chip projects that you're partnering with, and then at the end of the week, you say, yeah, we're taking it all off-chain, and we're basically, you know, not even going to be what we said we were going to be. Huge mistake. You're going to piss a lot of people off by doing that. Uh, yep, absolutely. And as it stands right now, um, they have closed the Mint contract off. 
Uh, they're looking at relaunching, I think. There was some kind of uh, a thing built in where there was no trading of these NFTs in the first 24 hours of, of the whitelist mint. Uh, a lot of strange things that just, you know, they wanted everything to happen on their terms, how they thought everything should be played out. Uh, and I think they stifled a lot of the the excitement, you know, a pretty, pretty hard thing to ask people to mint a project that, you know, you right away just say you can't sell it, though. Yeah. And again, this is another thing people took from Kaiju's playbook. Kaiju was the first project I had ever seen that you could not trade the pre-reveal NFTs before they were revealed. Um, so with Kaiju, you could list them, but you couldn't sell them. And again, this was another project copying what was, you know, one of the more hype drops of the year. And again, you know, just to top off all the stuff we just talked about, his launch was just a shit show, completely failed. They had to close the contract down. I know some people minted, but most of the whitelist did not mint. Um, the front end is down because there was a lot of fudding about it was an SSL verified, his front end. And then his contract was an EtherScan verified. So and in, in the midst of all of the FUD on the Discord, they went to bed. They're like, I got class in the morning. Like, good luck, guys. <laughs> that was the best part. And it's like, we need our beauty sleep. We got to get up early for class. So there you go. In the I midst mean, of now, pulling in like, you know, $1.5 million on. or whatever quick math I'm trying to do here is just like, yeah, pretty tired though. So like, we'll youth, see, we'll see what happens in the morning. Yeah, youth and an experience. Uh, and I got to say, it, I was ready to mint this project up yeah, until same. 9 p.m. last night. And just uh, this morning, and thank you, Shub, for posting this in the Moon Lounge. But just seeing that conversation with with the Dev Mouse from Anonymous, I don't want to mint this project anymore. I don't know if any of it is on chain at this point. I'm over it, and you know, I'm not fudding it. I love the art and I love the concept. It was just too much, uh, too many procedural errors for me to continue. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any more comments on that. I mean, we can, we can talk about this until, you know, we could, we could literally fill a whole show about the do's and don'ts of this. I think at the end of the day is, you know, copying a specific project's playbook with zero regard to the context in which, you know, why they did what they did. Cause Kaiju was a, a unique drop in and of itself that had its own issues and they seemed to respond in real time to it very, very well. Uh, but it was more of one of those, they did what they had to do in the time and they made all of the right choices. Uh, and, and, you know, looking at that as a playbook to launch a smooth project, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, Kaiju pulled off the smoothest and smartest contract migration I've ever seen. That had its uh, own it, issues, though. I mean, you know, they had to move the contract and everybody kind of that minted before got stuck with, not stuck with, but, you know, it'll probably end up doing something with it. But, you know, uh, um, uh, error. What, what what was that? Um, no, so it's actually pretty cool. They What they did is once they realized they had to migrate, about 1,800 people had already minted from the whitelist. And... They migrated everybody who had already minted automatically over to the new contract and changed your kaiju was in an egg at the time. They changed those eggs to a JPEG that says failed experiment. Right. And yeah, now that was what it was. Yeah. 
And now within the next week or two, they're going to announce utility for this failed experiment. We believe is going to be some sort of mutant serum or something. So there's going to be an even bigger value add for the people that decided to mint early and get these uh, and now have these failed experiment NFTs. But, you know, to the to the overarching point, every single thing Kaiju did was organic and a response to what was happening in real time. When you try to go copy that in a in a superficial way, of course, this is what happens. I mean, this is, you know, it's a natural result of that. I'm so. just seeing in the AM show chat that uh, in business <laughs> just admitted to minting at least half of the current ones that are minted. So. <laughs> Um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm exaggerating, but you know what? Honestly, like everybody has good mints, bad mints, and us saying this does not mean that it, it's uh, it's it's going to be a complete flop or a failure. Just our current take of of what's going on in that, and you know how we feel. Of course, you know <laughs> your own research, your own gut intuition uh, of what, how you want to play this space is is up to you. And uh, there are a lot of people with differentiating opinions than us that I quite frankly, do a lot better than us too. So, um, and we know can't, can't, can't knock anybody for, for playing their projects the way that they want to. And I'm less trading focused. I buy things I love a lot. And that was why I was interested in uh, fish tank, but it's to much me more of the, you know, the purest angle of they're not on chain anymore. So their X was a great 1020 X after mint. There's no not, not saying you're not going to make any money. It's just from my point of view as an OG and a purist, I don't like how it uh, ended. All right. Um, speaking of how it ended, we will uh, conclude the uh, content portion of our show. And as always, like to uh, bring a couple people up on stage to to shoot the shit. We got about 20 minutes to do that. So if you want to start raising your hands and you have any questions, uh, anything you want to talk about, anything you found was interesting. If you want to tell us that we are uh, terrible at hosting a live show, like, come on up, we could take it. But um, <laughs> Cobain could take it. Uh, free market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sensitive. Yes. Um, he will definitely have to be given uh, some Lynn, more quarters. Boys, oh. Oh, and, that is yes, for uh, uh, Kiwi, who's been waiting all weekend. Is Kiwi in the chat? No. I know he's listening. No, he's not. He's not. What? <laughs> Oh my God. You ruined the show. All right. I've got uh, Josh coming up. He has not been up on the stage. And then we're going to bring in business on after that. So um, I've sent the invite to, to Joshua Cottrell. Hey, man. Uh, welcome. How's it going? I apologize last week when I, I tried to shout out your project and, and um, um, you know, mispronounced or, or completely butchered the name. But uh, But yeah, good to have you up here. Oh, hey, hey, happy to be here. And uh, thanks for the shout out. No, I appreciate it. I, uh, I No worries about the forgetting the name. I know how it goes. There's a lot of projects out there. A lot of projects, <laughs> yeah. But yours is, uh, I, I really, really like the stuff that you're putting out there. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a crazy fun experiment and it would not exist if it was not for Alpha Mint and all the folks here who uh, who encouraged me and I was able to ask dumb questions along the way. Awesome, man. Good stuff. Yeah, totally. So, do you have anything you wanted to to talk about, or just coming up to say hi? Um, wanted to say hi, but I also I have just a, a topic I've been wanting to hear more about. So I'm fascinated by projects like I'm thinking like Bull Market Girlfriends. I think Chubacorns might have done something similar. These projects where they aren't doing a massive drop, 
they're dripping out they're dripping out uh they're dripping out new art on a daily or weekly basis um and they're still finding success but it kind of goes against the traditional like the traditional nft model of you know hype cycle big giant mint with lots of people coming in all at once and i'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts on that and like why they succeeded how they succeeded what makes that very different model work if you don't mind i might actually turn this around on you for a second because that's not unsimilar to what you're doing correct yeah very true and 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 how have you found that so far like you have sales i've checked the project yeah yeah that's a yeah okay so for me i mean there's a challenging element to it right one is the kind of awareness stage is really tough if you're a small account if you don't have a lot of followers yet if you're you know, just if you're new to the space, it's really, really tough to find people to actually see what you're doing. But if you just are art focused and you've got a cool concept and you can get in front of a few people, people will buy. You'll find people who are interested in what you're doing. Um, so there isn't like just an organic hammering away at it kind of growth approach there. Um, I had a lot of success doing derivative PFP artwork for people. So like taking somebody's PFP image and trumifying it, like turning it into a little mushroom. Um, but it's really, I, I mean, honestly, it's hard to give attribution to like what it is that leads to a sale in this space. It, it's really hard to say what action did I take that led to this particular, this particular sale. So some, some some of my best trades have been exactly in artists or projects like that because Chubbicorns, which is a bit of a sore spot for me, I actually knew the artist for a while from Twitter. Uh, I saw the Chubbicorns when they were 0.15 uh, and they ramped to like 15 or 20 during the bull market. I mean, it was pretty insane. But like you said, it's a it's a small collection. It's usually just the artist. There's no team behind it. And I think that's what's key. You know, when you see these big dramatic drops, this is a team. You know, this is a, it's a show. It's a coordinated effort. And it's an entertainment property. When you are an artist, and I mean, you're just, you're arting. Like, that's what you do. You're, you're putting out <laughs> you're the stuff arting. that you make. <laughs> yeah, no, you're putting out the stuff that you make at the pace that you can. It's a different grind but exactly how you're doing it is how you can get discovery you know if if satoshi or if somebody who really has the influence and the reach discovers your stuff which eventually happens when you're putting out quality stuff that's kind of how you get your little break and i mean i know we don't like influencers in the superficial sense when they're just pumping things but when they come across small collections one tweet is all it takes to get that artist uh, made essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at your project right now and just as a, you know, for a frame of reference, uh, you, you drop them. It seems to be a couple of week. Is that right? Uh, yeah. A couple of weeks, sometimes a little more frequent, sometimes a little less, uh, not as consistent as I'd like. No, but it's cool. I mean, right now you have uh, 69 of them or that's going to be the cap, I guess. Um, <laughs> you have 41 owners and, uh, you know, th- I think that a lot of these people are, um, are going to keep these around. Definitely not moving them to the the junk or the hidden folder because they look great. Uh, but like free market said, all it takes is is some one of one collector kind of going through some stuff to to grab a couple of these and then tweet about it. And you know, from a selfish standpoint, they pump their own bags, but it'll uh, end up being great for the artists too. Uh, free market, can you think of any like real 
maybe not blue chip, but um, you know, high profile projects that have kind of done this? Chubacorns. I mean, you don't remember Chubacorns? Uh, it w- this was an artist that put out something that I forget who was the first person who found it. I know the last person to pump them was Elmo. If you guys know Zero X Elmo, I actually knew him from Fintwit before he was a NFT guru because of pudgy penguins. But um, yeah, that Chubacorns is such a good example because this was a small collection. This art, I forget if it was 250 or whatever size it was, but they were up there like 0.1. For a really long time. At the moment they were discovered, they went up to like 7 or 8 E. And I believe when 0X Elmo was buying in, they were at 15 or 16 E. I'm sure they've pulled back a lot since then. But Yeah, I'm uh, looking at them right now. And I apologize. You know what? Chubbicorns is a name that I am familiar with. And yeah. uh, it kind of just slipped my mind. It was something that w- was right around the time that I was starting um, <laughs> into NFTs from you know more mainstream crypto. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, 250, there's 170 owners. The floor right now is about seven E. Uh, so yeah, I, you know what? I don't think I had ever realized that it was a drip project like that. Yep. And he just released a larger version called Chubiverse. Um, I don't know that the dynamics of it, Josh may know better than me, but it seems to be because of the success of Chubacorns, he's now branching out and going a little bigger. Yeah, spinoff series, um, much larger is my understanding. I didn't actually participate in the minting of that one, but um, it looked like it. Uh, it looked like it was going to just be a a way of leveraging the success of the initial. I think it was what less than five hundred chubacorns. Two fifty, yeah. Two fifty, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've you've created all of the shroom heads that you're doing. It's sixty nine. That's the cap. And uh, are you moving on to something else now, or are you planning on expanding on that universe? Yeah, expanding the universe, doing a little spin-off expansion series um, that is going to do a little bit of crossover with some of my physical artwork and all sorts of fun dynamics. But I'm, I'm at TBD, I'm gonna I'm gonna announce some of that coming up here pretty soon. Well, you know what? If you uh, if you want to announce it here or with us or do something fun with it, let us know because um, you know as as time goes on, we're going to be expanding some of the segments and and doing more featured guests and whatnot too. So uh, we'd love to have you on to to dig a little deeper into the stuff that you're doing and you know, the, the wise. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk more about it. It's been a wild ride and a really cool experience. And I think one thing that I, I don't know, I think a lot of artists out there don't have the ability to get a team right now, especially finding, uh, especially finding uh, technical developers is going to just be impossible for a lot of people. So I think, hearing about an experience of at least getting some sales as just a single solo artist is something that people might like to hear about. It's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. Many roads to, uh, to the end point there definitely does. There's no obligation to do a, you know, a 10 K PFP generative drop. So, uh, thanks for coming up, man. I'm going to get a, uh, in business on up here. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to yell at me for making fun of his fish, but, uh, we'll see what he has to say. So pumped for you, Josh, from BitCloud to Ethereum. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, do I have to leave the stage or can you guys boot me? <laughs> no, you could, we could mute you. You could stay up. Cool, cool, cool. Get the cane. <laughs> the cane! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, share, I actually share. Unfortunately, I just I got a little I got a little ahead of myself. I was like, ah, gas is low. I'll make this tonight before 
another shib coin comes as a up. Uh, as a fellow ice cream cats uh nft dow minter i feel your pain <laughs> jesus I, I hopefully this bear i mean hopefully this bear access there's still hope yet but you gotta i'm definitely gonna liquidate a good portion of those nine nine fish tanks if this thing goes and uh and, and reduce that exposure for sure if i have any opportunity to because that that's it's just i don't know it's a bad just like you guys i think it's a bad taste in the mouth of any serious person um you know you just go back and it's like wait what a minute okay this is this is a 19 year old that's going to class made a ton of mistakes like what are the chances this is if it, if this does succeed it's just it's out of pure fomo uh you know what i i've seen so many different projects seemingly do all the wrong things and still make it uh so i wouldn't write it off just yet um, I think yeah, I mean, a lot of what he has done would have been a lot more excusable if he was more of an OG and had a couple of successful, belts, right. you know, drops under his belt. Uh, but there did feel like there was a bit of an ego stroke in there. That they were like, you know, we're going to change the status quo about how how this stuff works, uh, which you uh, it hard to do. But uh, I, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't write them off. And I actually still am sitting on my whitelist. I guess when the mint comes up, I will have a choice whether to mint it or not. But, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I, I, I don't feel inclined to. Right. Um, I, the, one of the questions that there was a new model, you guys probably talked about it. I didn't, I didn't catch on until like 930. Um, you guys probably talked about um, the, the galactic. Uh, that was an interesting strategy they used with now like do, doing like a foul a genesis and this like a secondary tier in the same launch right like pixel foxes did the genesis and then a uh are you talking about the cosmic launch. ducks the cosmic ducks yeah 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 interesting is- uh interesting approach to it but it seems to work That's out the- well for them well it's essentially the same thing almost as a uh as just you know a rarity class right um, except for they gave in the staking aspect, they gave more utility to the Genesis, but, but giving that clear delineation in a launch kind of ensures a little bit more of a, you know, a little bit more, uh, demand for a, a core group that could like, that, that can then be, uh, um, you know, kind of give a nice foundation bed to a project, I think. Well, and it was a thousand oh. of them, right? Right. It was a thousand. So. I mean, I, I guess I have a hard time believing that those thousand are one of ones, but am I wrong in that? Well, I mean, technically all generative pieces are one of ones, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So sorry. Handmade, like one of ones, you know, I, it's, it's kind of cool to do a thousand of the, you know, I'm air quoting Genesis project and then 9,000 of the other ones. Cause you know, even if you mint, uh, I don't know what their max mint was, but even if you mint four or five of them, you have a pretty good shot at pulling one. Um, and, and obviously, well, no, they, they, I thought they were, they were different. Are mints. they different drops? Yeah. You know what? I was, uh, like I said, I've, I've, I'm finishing up, uh, finishing up work this weekend. So my, um, I haven't really been like, I wasn't there for the whole thing. So there was different mints then because they're, they're yep. listed under the same project. Yeah. They were, seat. they were separate. They were like separate reserved mints. Gotcha. Like, okay. I think on I think it was like maybe on the same contract or something, but they're part of the same collection. Yeah, just mint, minted under the same collection. Okay, maybe that's where I got it, a little bit confused. It does make it a nightmare to to then try to sort through and find like if you're trying to buy the higher class collection, you know, see the floor or do anything like that. Um, but the other thing you guys probably talked about it, but I I wasn't around for it. Is 
what's been your experience on the growth, the, the, the growth and underlying ETH versus USD compared to how that affects the ETH price of projects? Has it kind of been like, like, I mean, do, do these higher end, like 0.5 and higher, they're not really being bought by non-ETH people anyways. Does it even affect, does it, does it really affect those collections or or not? Not at all. I've been trying to like yell this from the rooftops for weeks now because everybody's favorite thing is, oh, if ETH is going up, NFTs are dead. It's nonsense. They're not, if Ethereum was $300 last year. Every NFT in my portfolio is 10x in ETH terms from last year. Doesn't the run from 300 to 4,000 mean a lot more than 4,000 to 5,000? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, well, it's ridiculous. If I could just present the counter argument to that, um, now you are starting to talk. You, you're you are correct in terms of like just raw percentage and and growth. The the run up from three hundred to four thousand is dramatically bigger. There's no question. Um, but as we start to touch these really really high numbers, five thousand, six thousand, maybe we start hitting towards uh, ten thousand. Um, now all of the sudden, the real world value of these things not denominated in ETH becomes a substantial amount. So, you know, maybe somebody spent, let's just say $3,000 on ETH when it was 300, bought 10 of them. Maybe they've played their cards right in the NFT market and they've, they've grown their stack to 20 or 30 ETH, right? Their cost basis is still $3,000. But as that approaches 5,000, 10,000, like they could be looking at 300, $400, $500,000, a million dollars, in real world money. And now you're looking at somebody who maybe doesn't own a house that could buy one outright. So I don't know that you can completely say that it doesn't have any bearing on it. Um, But I get it. You know, a lot of us operate is one ETH is one ETH, but we're more longstanding members of the community, I think. Yeah. But those people aren't buying (laughs) projects that are over one Ethereum. They're not buying blue chips. They're not buying high priced NFTs. But you do get, I guess the, the one thing I am curious about is there has, for this stuff to continue to appreciate, there has to be new money that's on ramped, right? It can't just rely on the, the, the existing status quo OGs to make more money in ETH to buy more NFTs, correct? It's on ramped through other, it's on ramped through DeFi right now. All that DeFi money is about to trickle back in. So it doesn't necessarily. Are you referring to NFTs or so crypto in general, right? Like, but you're saying, yeah, but you're saying, so, so you're saying basically as long as the OGs that make, know how to make money in DeFi like NFTs, you don't need any more direct, like wealthy people to onboard directly to NFTs for this market to appreciate. For blue chip and elite projects, for blue chips and elite projects, yes. Okay, that's your, that was the thesis. I got you. Because there is, you know, I probably came into this buying, I, I'm fairly new to NFTs by comparison, and I probably started by, in, by dumping more real capital into this than most people that would come into the space. Um, you know, buying ETH, my first large Ethereum buy was at, you know, when it was like back in March when it just, I was like, oh, this is, this is the train, 4,100 <laughs> dump tank, uh, you know, yeah. and then bought some more, but at Diamond a, I, hands. I've, <laughs> seen, <laughs> I've seen that, like, I do see how it very quickly, you know, it could become, it, it's going to be very difficult for non-Ethereum you know, people that aren't making their money in DeFi or OGs to justify 
buying into this process at a later and later date as it goes higher. But but if it if it gets onboarded through the capital coming in through DeFi, then it, then I agree with you. It is kind of it is kind of irrelevant. Absolutely, Sm- uh, mid tier and small tier projects are going to suffer more and more. But the market will adjust for that. I mean, it, the prices will change as far as what people are charging in ETH for certain things, and the market will adjust to that new reality. But conversely, I do think that means blue chips can go absurdly high, like much higher than people are even understanding. Like we talk about the fine art world. And I do think that these things that we almost think are stupid are going to hit those levels over the next few years. So yeah, I, what is it? I have a couple of thoughts about uh, 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 what we're talking about here. And, before you know, you go, sorry, before you go into yeah, that, yeah, I was yeah. going to say like, like the Gia committee, the Gia committee, like Italian sculpture statues. I think they're like, you know, something like 160 million, something right. different. That's just, just crazy numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you think that you think we'll see punks? You think we'll see punks in that? Uh, in, in that realm well one already <laughs> sold for 500 million yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> these seven trait these seven trait punk owned by seed phrase isn't leaving his wallet for less than nine figures so and it will leave his wallet before this run is over yeah yeah i can see yeah. that <laughs> yeah so yeah. he one of the yeah, one, one of the things that you know you see in Bitcoin and Ethereum now that it's you know become a little bit deflationary is uh, a lot of the big buys, a lot of the the transfers of of Bitcoin have been into wallets that have no history of selling at all, right? So the supply on these 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 coins are getting quite constricted. Um, as more people move into the NFT space, particularly with Coinbase uh, marketplace on the horizon, what seems like a high cap project of 10,000, 11,000, 8,000 um, becomes substantially lower as a, a percentage of the population that are participating in this. And, you know, I, I do think that at some point we are going to see a supply uh, constriction of of good quality OG projects, too. And I know Free Market talks about this all of the time. Um, you know, these legacy projects and how this is a historic year. Now, obviously, I I don't believe that like my ninja toads are are going to be blue chip <laughs> ever. And if they are, like lucky me. But that you know, but they're, you know, you you look at something like the gapes, um, you know, these these kind of mid-tier projects right now and where they could go, especially with how rabid their fan bases are and their, you know, reluctance to sell them. The supply does start to constrict as the uh in in relative terms to the the percentage of participants right um and i don't think we're there in nfts but i think we are right there in crypto uh and obviously crypto is the on-ramp to that the other thing that i'm looking for is you know how coinbase actually denominates the price of nfts um i didn't really love that OpenSea started listing the actual us dollar value beside uh the purchases and whatnot only because we're operating within the crypto ecosystem and you know one eth does equal one eth uh maybe that's just my coping mechanism to make these things a little bit more digestible in price but uh you know i I think that um i don't think it's going to do any favors if it's uh listed in uh us terms and then whatever crypto you want to buy it and you can like i i really hope that they are going with the whatever native chain the nft is on and you know whatever the the price in that crypto is do you guys see these larger like i think somebody's dropping like a hundred thousand we saw like a hundred thousand 
unit drop planned like the matrix one or something like that do you think these are going to be a good on-ramp for new new nft buyers as well like these these large collections are good for kind of getting people acquainted with the with the scenario i do I don't know if free market agrees with me, but I do. I, I think it's a great opportunity um, at low cost and, you know, because they're doing it on side chains um, at low gas fees or, or maybe even no gas fees for people to at least get their feet wet and, and comfortable with the idea that these things exist and how to hold them, uh, how to participate in the marketplace. Like, I, I can't see that as being a bad thing. That's basically what Top Shots did, right? I mean, that was a Top Shots was a massive onboarder of, of, yeah, I mean, guys. <laughs> Top Shots weren't the OG, obviously. Like CryptoKitties was the first big one that I can remember. Um, and I was around for that. And I unfortunately didn't play that game back then or else I would probably would have been fucking around with NFTs for the last four years. Uh, but yeah, Top, Top Shot is the reason why most of us are here at this point, I think. They diluted the supply way too much. And then everybody that was like into the idea of NFTs were just like, well, you know, fuck this project, but let's go find some real ones. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, they're going to see you're going to see this a lot more as established companies come in. I don't think they're going to be using L1 or the, you know, OpenSea and the Ethereum mainnet. I think it's going to be. A lot of low price L2s uh, for the masses. But, you know, and speaking to that, anything pre board ape that was done this year is, I think, already gaining historic notoriety. So that is definitely what the point I'm always making about how we're early and this year is special. So. Um, okay, so I got to start wrapping this up. But I, one, I wanted to thank uh, In Business for coming on. Obviously, always good to talk with you. But also, you kind of put in a, a really uh, great. Um, uh, fuck, what am I trying to say? Uh, you you posted a lot about your thesis on uh, staying liquid, how you manage your basket of funds and whatnot in the uh, Alpha Mint Moon Lounge. Uh, really awesome to see a lot of that insight too, especially because you really do treat this as um, you know a, a business in a, in a sense. So thank you for that. Um, and then I just wanted to say, I saw in general chat that uh, Trish, who is is listening to us, just threw out the question, you know, he said he was doing so well in the beginning and then got scammed for a bunch um, and having trouble to get started again. And, you know, the feel like the market is getting saturated. It's not clear what projects are long term or just rug money grabs. Obviously, blue chips are the way to go, but there's barriers to entry there. A hundred percent. And, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of, um, you know, researching projects and jumping in the whitelist so that you can mint, hopefully minting with uh, avoiding gas wars, too. Uh, again, I would just say stick with it. Um, make sure that you're following these projects closely. And if red flags are abun- uh, you know, abound in the project, make sure you listen to those because, you know, as you've unfortunately found out, scams are everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that whitelists and avoiding gas wars are probably some of the best way to start building liquidity, especially as the market seems to be uh, rebounding in terms of activity. And, and there are projects that are going above floor and holding above floor. So minting seems to be positive EV. We'll definitely know that when MEV comes back into the space full force that the it's it's back on. So make sure you um, 
make sure you you continue to do that and uh you know add me as a friend as well and shoot me a dm and uh i'll, I'll see if i can do a little something for you too all right any uh any closing comments uh free market uh no i no. think that sums me up for today sums you up okay awesome well thanks josh thanks in business for jumping up here and talking with us for the uh, final 20 minutes of the show as always thanks for everybody listening this show should be going live or i guess not live the recorded version of it will be going on spotify and apple music so if you jumped in late and you wanted to hear what we were talking about or if you have any friends that are looking to get into the nft space we're hoping that we are uh, a pretty you know newbie friendly environment to, to start learning and, and start kind of wrapping your head around some of the concepts that we've got going on here but uh free market as always great show thank you so much and uh we'll do it again tomorrow good luck out there guys good luck out there guys thank you so much